It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. From tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday month today is monday january 24th i almost said march 24th let's not wish the year away uh, you're listening to episode 504 as always i'm your host jason today joined by julio hey jason how's it going man good good i uh i, I went down to visit you you know, I went to your neck of the woods and you, you went further south. It's like, you're trying to avoid me. I oh, show yeah, up without yeah. telling you and you're not there. You're yeah. Things like- got dicey and cold. I was out of there. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, I drove through Asheville and, uh, at that time you were in Puerto Rico. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in Puerto Rico, uh, from, uh, end of December to early January. We had like, I went to my sister's renewal vows wedding, uh, my son's first birthday, and of course we saw family. Went to the beach. It was it was a really good trip. Of course, there was a lot of playtesting in between as well. I, <laughs> I would imagine. That. <laughs> well, I know your family's pretty good about playing playing games with you, right? Yeah, yeah. My my wife Jaceli, she has two sisters, and and both their and and they're like a year from each other both ways, mm-hmm. uh, and and then their husbands as well. So it's kind of always have five people. Uh, to play test games with and they're always in for playing something every single night that's so. awesome that's great yeah that is that is a nice thing to have access to <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and i guess it's been a while since i've been in like my last episode was before pax unplugged and i i wasn't able to to be on the pax unplugged episode because i think i was in puerto rico at the time you were getting ready to go, I think, just before that. So, like, you were like, I just got back. We're getting ready to go. And so so Roscoe uh, did that. And we were going to have uh, uh, one of the builders, Brian, on. And he was, he had some technical difficulties. So it ended up being just Roscoe and I. And uh, but it was a good show. It was a good show. So, um, yeah. 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 I, I, I do want to say, you know, PAX Unplugged was a, was a great convention. They did a, a really good with the whole COVID situation and everything. And, and I got, I, I basically took upon myself to just uh, go and talk to people and just, that I hadn't seen in almost two years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Roscoe, we, we spoke for a bit and I know we play tested a game of somebody else's and, and Brian, you know, we hang out at lunch and spoke mm-hmm. for a while. That was great. I, I met Raven and I, I definitely saw, I saw Nicole and spoke with her and, mm-hmm. and Jamie. I, I, I try to speak with everybody that I kind of knew from at least online and, and right, touch right. base. And it was, it was great. It was, it was a great one. And I got some, some pitching in as well. So it was, it was a good one. So awesome. definitely That's recommend it always. Yeah, no, uh, next year or this year now, I guess, hopefully will hopefully be my first year for that. I, in 2019, I said, I'm going next year. And then, you know, now hopefully I'm going next year for real this time in 2022 or this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. Before we, we, we got on uh, to recording, we were talking about what we we're thinking of doing for, for this year regarding conventions. And for me, it's, it's, it's really up in the air if I'm even going to a convention this year, because with the new baby coming and having a toddler, mm-hmm. you know, my time has been dwindling little by little, but in a good way, I think uh even still I, i've i've had i find time to design but uh it's it's definitely 
uh, one of those things that priorities are, are shifting. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I do want to go to a convention and keep doing that. And, and there are some that I have the opportunity to go. Um, but we'll see what happens. But right, I, I don't want right. to throw anything out the window. I know that there's actually one. Uh, the only one that I went in 2020 was uh, Tantrum Con, mm-hmm. which is actually on my neck of the woods. It was like an hour from me. Uh, and they're doing it in North Carolina this year. Oh, in, wow. Uh, Charlotte. Uh, So anybody in the Charlotte area, it's going to be from February 24th to the 26th, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a fairly small convention, but there's some publishers that attend that, maybe five or six. And and they do some really cool events. And that's where I showcase Holy for the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was a a cool little opportunity, especially with no conventions after that, that, because that was February 2020. Um, But uh, to that to that effect, actually, uh, it's funny because for, on PAX Unplugged, the first day of PAX Unplugged, I got an email from a publisher uh, uh, about them looking to go into production on one of my games. And they sent me like the art uh, nice. of everything, and, and it looks so good. And I'm, I'm just going to announce it right here because they may not, they don't even hear, uh, listen to the show. So, <laughs> so this one is called Dulce. And it's coming from Stronghold Games. Um, mm-hmm. And it's uh, it, that's all I, I can say for now. Okay. Uh, but I did contact them about giving me maybe like a review copy or, or, or something to showcase at Tantrum Con this yeah, year as well. Yeah, that'd be great. So, because it, it really worked out really well for Holy, and I, and I thought it was going to be a good opportunity for for that so and and they said that's a great idea so let's let's get that ball rolling you know we've got a month so i think i may get that and that's going to be really exciting awesome well congrats yeah that is uh that's always an exciting thing to get to see that stuff and then if you can get the early copy even better <laughs> so yeah awesome. yeah so what's been going on on your side yeah, I've been really busy over here um, on a lot of different designs and stuff. Um, had a lot of been thrown for some loops with uh, things happening in the industry with uh, the whole tabletop simulator situation that we touched mm-hmm. on a little bit last time has um, has derailed Kelly and I a bit in our TTS stuff. So we are um, looking at some new things uh, right now. It looks like Tabletopia is going to be the one we're going to try for now because of Cardboard Edison Award, that is what they're they're offering, TTS or Tabletopia. Mm-hmm. So we're going to switch to Tabletopia, we think, because it, it does have the, the physics stuff to where we can do the 3D pieces, uh, which is, I mean, That's... it's a deal breaker for ours. Um, mm-hmm. We're submitting, I think, Minecart Madness for the online track, and that has 3D pieces. We, we, we just, we don't have a choice. And the other games we're using also have 3D pieces with our map game, which is now called Perfectly Parceled. Um, and, uh, and that, so that is, I mean, literally that's it's all, the, that's the percent. Airbnb one, right? Yeah. That's the Airbnb style game. Yeah. Where you're building the thing, you're building parcels of land. So perfectly parceled, um, is what we're going through now, which is better than topographers was what we were calling it before. And people that's, were ragging. That's on not that. a bad, that's not, that's not a bad name. I well, mean, I'm not the best at picking names, but. Right. So, um, so anyways, yeah, so we're pretty happy with it. Um, so we're submitting one to the online track, which would be Minecart Madness, and then perfectly parceled to the physical version. Um, because we already have a prototype because I, I printed it, um, because it's all 3D printed. And so I've been working on the videos for that. And uh thank you to to uh, Micah and Roscoe for giving some great feedback on the video. Appreciate that. So oh, cool. um and then 
uh, you know, looking to crowdfund some stuff this year. Um, at least one thing uh, that, that Hannah and I are working on. And uh, the problem with that is, you know, there's this Kickstarter stuff. And so, you know, we're just trying to really <laughs> just trying to figure out a lot of stuff. Julio, How many people are you working with actively right now, Jason? Um, active designs, like to where like, so, so I have some stuff, like there's some stuff that we're pitching, like, and I'm not going to, I wouldn't count that because, um, because we're not actively designing. Right. Uh, okay. Jonathan Schaffer and I have a game we're pitching, um, you know, uh, Banana and I have games we're pitching, but you know, those we're not working on anything new, but I'm mm-hmm. working with um, several people, probably four or five. Nice. I just, let me think. Yeah. Four off the top of my head. Plus I just signed on to, well signed. I mean, like I just agreed to work with uh, uh, two other designers uh, on something in the RPG space. Two people I've not worked with before. Uh-huh. Uh, on an idea that that I had and I showed to them, and so I, I'm that I'm really excited about. Um, but they've got some other projects right now, so we're gonna hook up with that in a little bit. Um, but I'll tell you, man, that's what keeps me moving. Like having so I I part of the you know the stuff we're gonna talk about this this lends itself to that a little bit about like really thinking about how you work best and understanding yourself. Um, and the way I work best is to have a lot of projects or or a good amount of projects going because I need that to keep my interest so that I can switch to a project to work on that and then work on the next one. And the problem is if you're doing that all solo, um, you end up with, a, and I think a lot of designers have felt this before, um, you know, you end up working on five games and none of them get done, right? Because you just bounce between mm-hmm. them. But when you have co-designers and you're committed to schedules and agreements of time on things, it forces you to focus on different games at different times and you end up getting a lot more done. And um, so I so, yeah, that's that's why I I can partially agree with that. You know, I I you you have that (laughs) you're able to just like I mean, I, I think and I mean this in the nicest way, but you are an anomaly when it comes to how much you're able to get done on your own, uh, especially with the fact that you have a job and a wife and a kid. Like it's amazing to me how much you're able to get done. Um, Sometimes I'm, I, I, I'm amazed myself, uh, but I can definitely, you know, there is, there is definitely a a limit. Um, I, I, I am definitely working on a lot of stuff right now and, uh, but my time is limited, so it's it, as right. long as I do something, even about thinking about a design, I always call that a win. I would um, say I would say that I'm I'm working with less designers than you have pitchable prototypes. So, oh, oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. No, I mean I I I think that I probably if you concluded games on pitching and stuff, I probably am working with seven eight different people. Um, cool. and and I love that. I I love working with other people. It's fun. Like I said, it's very motivational and um. I think the person I'm working with the most right now is probably Kelly um, because him and I just, we, we gel together really well with, with the way we design and we communicate really well. So, you know, like I'm working on the game with him and Neil, uh, I'm working on other games with just Kelly. And um, yeah, I think I'm working on two other games with just Kelly. Um, And so that's really, uh, that just really helps keep me focused and keep me moving on stuff. And, uh, and you know, in this last couple of years when we've been stuck at home by ourselves so much, it's just been really refreshing to, to have yeah. people to talk to and work with um, when you can't do that, you know, like we normally could. Um, and yeah, yeah, I'm actually and I'm I'm 
looking for another co-designer for what different project. So, <laughs> so yeah. 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 That, that, that's cool, man. That's cool. Um, before we, we get into the topic, I do want to say mm-hmm. that I also am submitting a, a game to the cardboard Edison. Oh, come uh, on, I'm, man. Come <laughs> on. You can't have it all Julio. Well, uh, this, <laughs> this year, um, I guess did, uh, I didn't submit anything last year, I think. Um, uh, but this year I'm submitting, uh, bouncy acorns. Oh, okay. To the okay. physical track. Nice. I heard the uh, B and I was like, are you going to say Barinkin? Because like, I don't know that that's the game I would submit to there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. And that's a it, big the game. Be- <laughs> the best part of it is that I had everything done before I even decided to submit it. You should submit it to the online track. That'll be funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I, You know, I had a video already. Uh, it was like 47 seconds. Because you know that, that's so quick, so I yeah. hopefully it'll it'll do well there, and and it, it it is at this point where I pitched to a couple publishers, and there's been some interest, uh-huh. but uh, it's I'm very limited to to who I can pitch it to because yeah. of the physical yeah. nature of it. Of course, so absolutely. So that'll, hopefully that'll open up some opportunity on on how that's gonna go. Yeah, and that that is one of the big draws, I think, to the Cardboard Edison um, Award, really, is that if you've got a game that you believe in, but you're not sure where it's going to land publisher-wise, yeah. mm-hmm. get it in there and get it some free exposure. Like, I mean, really, you are it, it forces you to get the work done and then gives you exposure, and it's like $10 to enter. There's yeah. literally no reason, unless you don't have time to do the work, there's no reason not to enter. And I, I think what's cool about the Bouncy Acorns game is it's so different than the stuff they probably normally see. And I love that. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's not, it's a different, it's a different kind of game. And I think that that will get good exposure in there. And I think that's fantastic. So, yeah. And, and for those builders out there that don't know, or, you know, the, the submissions are currently live right now. It's the 24th, um, as the 24th (laughs) and you've got five days, five days to submit something. So if you already have a game that's pitchable, you already have a rules, uh document you just need a video that's five minutes or less mm-hmm. uh you know i guess the less uh, yeah. i usually do one or two uh so i don't lose them in between but and they, uh, that's they actually have if you go to the website um the awards they have a best practices they literally have a script in there you can follow oh yeah that's yeah. i i love those uh, yes. best practices that yeah. this they they put in every january i read it you know, top to bottom, I read this year and it was funny reading through that. I'm like, oh my goodness, just yeah. kind of fill in the blanks type of deal. But yeah. it was, it was really good. In, in, I mean, I like you, like, you know, our video right now is two minutes and 13 seconds and I'm going to add probably another 20 to 30 seconds to it. But like three minutes is kind of a hard cap for me. Like, uh, you know, I've done a lot of video work, uh, in the past and I don't enjoy doing video work, but but I generally do know how to make something pretty concise um, and not like overdo it time-wise. And like, you know, that's, I've learned you, like, you will lose your audience. Um, and so, yeah, I think so. that's something that we're really different because my video was just like, it took, it was two takes and that's it. Oh gosh, <laughs> so. man. Oh, like, no, no, no. I record me talking to the camera just like I am now. Yeah, nope. And then I take that. <laughs> And from there, I... That's uh, too like, much work, Oh, man. yeah. Oh, no. I'm in there, like, moving shots and stuff and putting in, like, <laughs> graphics. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I can't. Oh, no. I can't not do it. No, thank you. It's like you making a crazy prototype. I just... I can't do it without a video. Okay. I have to make the video look nice because... Fair enough. God, what is the one I went to college for, you know? <laughs> like, so... And my videos oh, are, are by no means perfect. I've gotten much lazier over the years. 
Uh, but maybe like, you can put some of that to your prototypes then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably should. I haven't made a prototype in a long time. So, um, yeah. So yes, topic though. We're going to talk about a topic. Uh, we have the opportunity to talk about a topic about, uh, <laughs> opportunities. Uh, yes. so this was a, this was an idea you had. And I always say like, hey, is there anything specific you want to talk about expecting you to be like, no, whatever we can talk about whatever. And you're always like, no, I have this killer topic. Um, and, and so as a brief overview, what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about opportunities, specifically three categories, uh, and, and we'll probably branch out from there, but we're going to go from finding opportunities to creating your own opportunities, uh, to missing opportunities and what that's all about. So, yep. yeah, so we're going to kind of go with that format there. And, uh, and like I said, I will probably wander a bit, um, but we both got a list here of different ideas. And so. Yeah, so uh, we're going to start with finding opportunities. Do you want to? Um, yeah, I'll wanna... take it away. I'll take yeah, it away. Go for it. So, you know, with finding opportunity, finding the word is basically you're looking for something, right? And in this case, mm-hmm. you're looking for opportunity. And, and of looking course, in the, the game, <laughs> in the game design world, it's it's definitely something that uh, that we all want in some sense or another. Mm-hmm. We have a design that we're looking to pitch. We maybe have a design that we're looking to publish. Uh, and we're looking for opportunity to make that happen. Um, now, I, I was kind of thinking of, of different opportunities where I just, you know, I, I was looking for it and I found it. And and that's basically from the start when I when I first started. And, and it's funny because at this point, I'm almost at the you know five year mark. I, I started in, in 2017. So I'm not the young and new designer anymore. <laughs> I, well, you'll always be the young and new designer to, to all of us, Julio. Well, sure, sure, but uh, when I was when I was a you know a three week old designer, I had my first design with me, and I was pitching it everywhere I went. Uh, not pitching it, sorry, uh, play testing it everywhere I went, uh-huh. especially on 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 my local gaming stores. I had two at the time. I was living in Tennessee, um, and I had went previously in twenty, I guess early twenty seventeen to Origins for uh for the dice masters uh you know worlds nationals and worlds that Mm -hmm. i mentioned that in the past and i stayed with this person that worked for bezier games uh they're actually in knoxville tennessee um and and i knew he frequented this shop and i saw him fairly frequently i mean i stayed with him uh, for origins and and i said hey i have this design i know you work for a publisher uh do you want, can you play test it and give me, you know, some pointers or some feedback? And of course I made him sign an NDA because that what, that's what I remember you, do. you talking about that before. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, and uh, I play tested it and, and he play tested it and he had some good feedback and he said, you know, this is something that I may want to show, you know, Ted Alspark, uh, the, the owner of Bezier and, and, and he did, it didn't end up being anything, but it gave me that confidence, um, mm-hmm. you know, not like I needed it, right? But, um, <laughs> but that extra confidence of, of hey, I may be doing something right here. Um, and, and I think from then on, I didn't limit myself to just that design. That's when I started doing a lot of them. Uh, but that was one so that many. I knew that he worked for a publisher and, and, mm-hmm. and he had the experience that I didn't have. And, and I said, I just asked and said, Hey, would you be willing to play test my game and give me feedback? And it went beyond that. Mm -hmm. So it was a cool opportunity that that happened. 
Yeah, that is cool. Um, you know, um, much like how I originally got into the industry, that was about the same way when it came to, you know, finding that opportunity. Like, um, Jason Katarski was, I came to play test his, well, I came to learn his game, uh, Great Heartland Hauling. I backed in a Kickstarter and I wanted him to teach me how to play it at Gen Con. And he was like, hey, meet this guy named AJ Perfurio from Van Ryder Games. You should show him your game. And then I, yeah. AJ really liked it, right? And um, and we all know the story of all the things that happened with that game. But I mean, <laughs> that opportunity and that initial you know, relationship and friendship all happened because I was open to those opportunities, right? Um, and I think that that, you know, I, to me, that's one way to find opportunities is to know people and, and meet people, mm. right? It's not, you don't have to like, you know, when you come into the industry, like, I don't know anybody in the industry, that's tough, right? But like, get on Twitter, get in places where you can meet people, um, where you can befriend people and really like that, um, that will create so many opportunities in so many positive ways from, from the fact that you'll you'll make friends, right? You'll I mean like my all of my best friends are people yep. in game design now and you'll you'll make those friends from that, but you'll also, you know, be able to help one another when it comes to you being able to provide opportunities to people and and them helping look out for opportunities for you. I mean it it's a good thing. Like <laughs> it is it is a really positive way to to have a side benefit of finding new opportunities. Yeah, and and I think uh, one thing that that's very important to mention here is stepping out of that comfort zone, yes. and that may be harder for some more than others. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, approaching people is not as easy as it sounds, right? Especially if you don't know them. Um, I mean, for for me, it was uh, I'm gonna you know put you as a as a finding opportunity one because I one of the first podcasts that I started listening to was building the game right mm -hmm. um, because you know I had building the game on the title and they had 300 episodes at the time um, so I, I didn't listen from the start but I figured Good. hey these people know what they're talking about no, you know you were wrong so naive <laughs> us uh, or but, you or both <laughs> but but I really enjoyed your uh podcast and I still do obviously um and uh you know i started being more involved like you you all i remember you all did the the new uh suit trump suit changing trump mm -hmm. or something yep. else and i participated in that and i remember that i i guess got one of the runner-up uh mm -hmm. yep. things and that was really cool and when i went to unpub that year you were there mm -hmm. and you know we had a couple things in common you know game design and i listen to your show and i had done this thing mm -hmm. and i just approached you and said hey i'm julio and we just hit it off and yeah. started talking yeah, and we had dinner together and stuff yeah yeah and we recorded the podcast that that night as well with joshua yes. j uh, joshua josh mills yes yes um, josh and and you know it it, it it was one of those things that I know that this guy knows more than I do in, in design um and 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 I and I wanted to learn more from you, and I you know I was like I want to play test this game and can you play test mine and and it just spawned from there and we we worked on a game together uh, after that and mm -hmm. and that was a cool opportunity as well and it, it's you know I'm I'm now one of the co-hosts in the podcast and it's been some cool couple of years I guess we you know we're definitely one of the first people that I felt like oh my goodness this guy that does a podcast he wants to work with me that's so exciting. Yeah, no. Again, so naive, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, it, it reminds me of, thank you for saying all the nice stuff, even if you don't mean it, but um, <laughs> it reminds me of when I approached Fernando, um, you know, our new mentee co-host, and I, I approached Fernando and said, hey, you interested in being on the show? You know, um, Mike and Grace speak highly of you, and, you know, we, we chatted for a bit, and I said, I, I'd love to have you be a part of the show, and um, and he was like, you know, gosh, like, like he basically, you know, was kind of like, I'm nervous to do that. Like, I don't know if I, if like but I'm going to do it. And I was like, yeah, because like, because that's, that's what you have to do to create that opportunity. Right. Is to say like, or to find those opportunities. I mean, in that point, you're also helping create your own opportunities, getting ahead of ourselves. But I think that that is, um, you know, you have to be open to opportunities to find them. Right. Um, a lot of times opportunities don't just find you. And, and that's not, that's not completely, um, you know, I mean, that's not completely true. Right. If you, the more you grow in the industry and the more you grow in knowing people, the better chance opportunities actually have of seeking you out. I mean, yeah. the the educational game that I, I had published um, happened because uh, someone who I was using as my coach at the time, like for my own personal like projects and stuff, um, happened to know these people uh, at, from this company and said, you're doing games they're doing this other stuff. You, you should all meet. And because he facilitated that, he offered to facilitate that. I got a game published. Right. Um, yeah. you know, and and, that, that's definitely another, you know, sub one is yep. instead of finding it, you know, opportunity finding you. Yeah. Well, and even like, um, I look, looking over to the side here cause I have my game. Uh, it really ties the room together. The, um, the big Lebowski game. And the whole reason that I have that game is because, um, because, uh, what's his name? Jason uh, Tagmeyer. I was going to say Katarski, but Tagmeyer reached out to people he knew and said, Hey, we're doing this series. Do you want to do a game for it? And I said, yeah, I do. Right. Um, so, I mean, opportunity can find you as well. Um, but you have to put yourself out there for that. Right. I yeah. mean, that is, yeah. uh, that's a really big thing. I, one of the notes I put was, you know, kind of keeping your ear to the, to the ground and really listening for what's going on and paying attention. Right. And that's part of being in a community is just, is watching for stuff to happen, you know? Um, and you know, yeah. contests Sorry, and stuff ahead. are can like the cardboard Edison word, especially that's out of a lot of people's comfort zone, but you know mm-hmm. what? The worst you could do is just like, they watch your video and they say, no, thanks. That's yeah. it. And you'll probably still get feedback on why they said, no, thanks. And it's going to be nice feedback. They're not going to be mean about it. So like, there's no loss here. The ten dollars you pay is worth it. For yeah, that. I, I completely, I completely agree, and 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 really, this is a good transition to the creating opportunity mm-hmm. part, right? Um, because one thing that that I, I was doing as a new designer, again, listening to a lot of podcasts, trying to soak in all that information or people that that knew more than I did, and and learning from other people's mistakes has always been my my mantra there. Um, and, and, you know, one of them was game designers in North Carolina. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was in North Carolina. So I, I you know, I, I decided, Hey, I have a couple games at this point. I'm going to make that trip to, to the triangle area, which was, you know, three and a half, uh, almost four hours from Asheville. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I did, and I got to meet all these people that I only listened to, to them and I got to play test their games and they play, t- play tested my games and, and, uh, uh, and basically, you know, I made a connection there and then I started mm-hmm. seeing them in all the other conventions and we would talk and, and at this point creating the opportunity, I, I, one of the things that I did while I was still in Tennessee is that I started a game design group, right? Tennessee mm-hmm. board game designers. And, 
and and this was you know obviously for for me to to get a group together to you know of course help me to to do this but at mm -hmm. the same time i knew that there were a lot of people that were playing games and and mm -hmm. it just takes a little bit to go from playing games to designing games really you all know that um and and that really developed into something really really great and i and i met more people there and and i think I, it, it created not just opportunity for me but for other people um and of course when i moved to to North Carolina, uh, at that point, you know, I, I knew the game designer North Carolina people, and they said, "Hey, want to create a chapter in Asheville?" and and I knew people in Asheville. I know uh, Kevin Udy and Seth McCormick and and uh, Ian and and uh, um, uh, Andrew Spawn. There were people mm -hmm. that wanted to do that, and and they just didn't know where to start. And, and I know Udy contacted me. Hey, I, I heard you were moving to Asheville. Let's get together and. And, and that was a cool thing to do and a great opportunity to create. And, and obviously it's something that uh, is still uh, going and, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that is, that is, is really, um, yeah, that is all about how to create opportunities. Um, I, I do like one of the things that I'm thinking about, and this is still kind of on the cusp of the creating opportunities um uh, and finding opportunities is I, I mentioned to you before the podcast um, that I'm, I'm on this list for this mass market publisher and I haven't spoken to them in like five or six years. I'm randomly on this list um, that you're on now too. Um, but I, I didn't sign up for this list. I was inadvertently signed up because I had showed them a game many, many moons ago from an unpub accidentally. Um, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't trying. That was great. And like they sent an email and said, Hey, all the people in this group, time to book meetings if you're interested. And I was like, oof, this is out of my comfort zone. I don't know what I'm going to show them. I, you know, I, I've never talked to them before. The person I had talked to doesn't work there anymore. And I was like, you know what? Like Julio would just sign up for this. Like, I'm just going to sign up for this. Right. So I just signed <laughs> up for it and was like, I gave myself a date far enough out that I knew that I could get my stuff together. Um, and within, within two days, I was like, okay, I have four games I can pitch done. Like, and you can pitch nice. up to five. So in the, in the session, so it's like, all right, I have four. Perfect. We'll be good. Um, and so that, like, that comes back to those taking the chances things, but on the, um, on a, on the, um, the creating, creating. opportunities piece, something that really jumped out to me was, I think it's important to look for gaps in what you're seeing in game design, right? Like, so as you're looking for like the type of games that are coming out and you're looking for what, what people are working on. Um, and, and when you're, when you're like, you just start to like, look for things that are missing. This is something I remember John Gilmore saying where he's like, I'll look at, uh, he actually said it on this show 300 episodes ago, probably. He said, I'll, I'll go out and look at two mechanics like that have never been used before together. Like he would search BGG and figure out that these two mechanics have never been used together before. And then he would do, and he would make the thing. Right. Um, and I was like, that's really clever. Right. You know, and because it's, it's, it's helping you um, find ideas based on things other people haven't done yet. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's super, I think that's a super cool idea. Right. Um, look for the types of games that aren't out there. Look for the, the types of projects you might want to work on that no one else is working on. Um, because I do think in the industry, like we, we get into this trap sometime where people, people keep giving more of the same thing. Cause it's what publishers will take. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but but you personally, you have proven that like you can come yeah, in with it, some weird stuff, and people are it's like, "Funny, Whoa, it's, it's, it's so funny that you said." It's funny that you said that. We didn't really compare notes, but that was one of the ones that I had for creating opportunity as well. And, and you had mentioned that we right. would probably think, right. think in similar ways. I said, now we're probably fine. But that was one of the things that for me, uh, you know, trying to design uh, you know, outside the box and, and yep. getting a lot of things that hadn't been done before has definitely, you know, it was something that I wanted to do it that way. But it has created opportunity outside of that. Like it definitely helped me grow faster and pe- mm-hmm. uh, getting people interested in my designs for sure. Uh, so yeah, do, doing something different. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what that does mean that on the creating opportunities part that that's different from finding opportunity is that you need to do more work for yeah. this one, right? Yep, absolutely. Um, you definitely need to go a little above and beyond uh, than just kind of approaching people. And this this is about doing something that you want to do and you're passionate about mm-hmm. and 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 having people be involved in that at some point as well so so it, it takes more work to do that so but if you're passionate about it then then go for it absolutely um absolutely because yeah i mean you it, it is more work right i mean you know one of the opportunities i've been trying to explore recently is okay i want to get like uh, for me i've always said i want to get more stuff out there right like i like putting games out there um, so what are the ways I could do that? Like, you know, I, I, in the beginning, I was really always exploring that traditional publishing model or I'll kickstart my own game or, you know, um, that sort of thing. And so really trying to focus on like, what are things I could be doing to get stuff out there that I'm not doing right now? Right. So, you know, for episode, uh, 400, we, we published a game, right? Like we published our own game. Um, we made it free and you could buy it off game crafter. We made beavers be damned. And that was fun. Right. Um, and that was a way to get something out there to give back, um, and let people who listen to the podcast play something for free and hopefully have fun with it. Um, but you know, like when it comes to the, the small games I'm, I'm working on with, with Hannah Schaefer and stuff like that, it's all about, let's get some more stuff out there. Right. And, and these are games like, you know, like looking for what could we do on our own, um, and setting the right expectations, right? Like, cause you know, when uh, well, so many times when I would think about publishing a game, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things to worry about with that, with manufacturing and stuff. And Oof, and it's yeah. like, OK, but what if we scale it back to something that we could literally print at the Game Crafter and still make money on? Right. Like, you know, like, uh, how could we do that? Like, is that feasible? And and really being willing to to do that sort of stuff and to do that extra work um, can help you create different opportunities um, that can really change the trajectory of what you're doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely agree there. So this is definitely a, a harder one and, and it has different subcategories of opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's definitely one that it has the most risk and reward um, because ultimately you're, you're paving your own path right uh, there. So, so yeah, that's that's definitely a, a good one to consider once. You, but you know, start with trying to find it, and and then hey, if you even, even if you find it, create some more. Um, there's and, and and have some success everywhere there. Yep. Um, now, are you ready for for something a little more on the other side of things when when it comes to missing opportunities? Well, I have one last thing to say about about creating okay. opportunities, and that's just really of. You know what? We address this, I think, a bit, but like, I, I just really want to think about like 
I don't want to say don't get your hopes up, but like accept that failing is going to be okay. Right. And you need to accept that failing is going to be okay. Um, and that you're going to try stuff and that if it doesn't work, you're still learning and that could still be a fulfilled, a fulfilled opportunity later. Right. Um, that it's not wasted. Um, and that's just like, I just want to make sure. And I know some of that could go along with missing opportunities. Um, but I, but I think it's distinct. I think that, you know, um, just reminding yourself that like a, a, if you create an opportunity and it fails, that's not a missed opportunity. You tried, right? You tried. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, exactly. So. Missed opportunity would be, in this case, that you thought of doing something, creating opportunity, and you didn't. Right. Um, yeah. And it or, ended up being something that would have been a good opportunity. Yeah. Or or you tried to find an opportunity and you found it too late, right? You're hearing about the Cardboard right. Edison com, com thing right now. <laughs> five days. And you're like, right, I, right. I can't do it in five days, right? Yes, you can. Do it. Yes. Yes. I was just, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can. It. All right. Sorry. Take it away with missing opportunities. Well, um, with this one, I definitely always want to bring in a little of the other side of things, right? Because there's definitely a lot of times where you you definitely uh, try and, and things happen and sometimes they don't. But sometimes these opportunities come up and and we, we may just not take in, into consideration until it's too late. Um, one for me, you know, I got actually got a couple that are fairly recent. Um, so one of them is that I, I had a, a meeting with a, with a mass market publisher, um, I was pitching some games and then I, I, I had an, I, some ideas working around my brain for another game. And this is, a, you know, going back to using IP that we talked about a couple episodes back. Um, and I mentioned, Hey, I have a, a good outline for, for this IP on this specific, which was social deduction. Mm-hmm. And and they said, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, uh, if, when you get that ready, pitch it to us. And and I, there was an opportunity there, right? Mm-hmm. I should have jumped on that and just worked on it. But I had a lot of things on my plate at that time. This mm-hmm. was like in the summer last year, and and I just didn't. And of course, with social deduction, it was a game that kind of had a higher player count, so it did make it a little difficult. But I don't want to make excuses. Really, right. I should have worked on it uh, earlier. Um, oh, also it was kind of a hard one to figure out <laughs> more excuses. No, but, but, but I think, yeah, you're not trying to excuse yourself for not doing it, but I mean, you are saying honestly, like, Hey, sometimes it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I have had the same problem possibly with the same mass market publisher you're talking about <laughs> where, where they've said, uh, hey, we're looking for this, and uh, and I've not done anything with it, and I could have, um, and and I I didn't because I, you know, like I'll say that like, and here's so here's my excuse, right? Also being busy, <laughs> but here's my excuse is when when you're when you're pitching to mass market publishers, at least I think for for people like us, and I say people like us for you know not the. Eric Langs of the world, right? Like the ones who are like really have a lot of games out there with mass market stuff, right? And I know you work with Eric, but but you know what I mean, right? There's a difference, yeah. right? Like, um, like we have to throw a lot of stuff at that and hope that some of it sticks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because they get so many pitches from people who are just as good, if not better than us, you know. I mean, and that's that's typical, right? I mean. And it may, could be that the person definitely better than us at at that, right? That's what, that's exactly (laughs) what I was saying. Like for that specific thing that they want, 
there's probably someone who is who is better suited for that than either of us. Just statistically speaking, it's likely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it can get disheartening to throw a bunch of ideas at a mass market publisher and not sometimes you don't even get to hear back, right? Yeah. You uh or you know, so it it can be a little disheartening, but you kind of just have to suck that up. Um and and we're talking about a mass market publishers, but but frankly, it's true for every kind of publisher, right? You, I mean, like, the, in there are the opportunities that I think that you choose to miss that are okay, right? Like, yes, you probably should have done that, especially if it was a good IP. And it was something well, you well I haven't in. finished my story yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Then keep going. Yes. <laughs> so I did. I did uh, do the design and, and I brought it to PAX Unplugged. I play tested it. I brought it to Puerto Rico and play tested mm-hmm. it. And, and it was still, it was, I'm, I was getting there, right? Um, I did pitch uh, to the publisher not a couple of weeks ago some other games, and I said, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm almost ready with this design." And 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 they said, "You know what? We're actually working already on a game that's yep. that." And I was like, "Well, shoot." Yep. Uh, it is it's it's you know at this point I I thought it's not just a missed opportunity; it's a wasted opportunity, right? Right. Right. Um. So so that's what happened there. So it's definitely right. one that really hurt my heart there. Right, right. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, so much time spent on it. But, you know, we can go back to the whole, okay, maybe change the theme, change things, and it'll be different. But. Right, right. Um, what I was going to say, though, was um, <laughs> something to consider is sometimes missed opportunities are okay. Like, sometimes I think we choose to miss opportunities. I was talking to a publisher a while back, and I had said, I've got this thing I'm working on. And they said, hey, what if you did this with it? And, and then, or did that. And then maybe, maybe bring it back and let me see it. And I said, okay, let me, I'll think about that. And then I was like, you know what? Nah, like, I don't, I'm not going to spend my energy on that right now. Um, would that have been an opportunity that panned out? It very well could have been. Um, but, but it wasn't an opportunity that I wanted to pursue. And, you know, Mm -hmm. for me to say like, I want to get more stuff out there and then possibly have the opportunity to do that and then not do it seems kind of counterintuitive, but but we only do have so much time. And so I think that it's important that we, um, you know, like we, we judge our opportunities, right. And when we, we pick the ones that we think make the most sense. And, and I could say for the mass market publisher that that at the time, that's the call I made. Um, was it the right call? I don't know. They were asking pretty hard for things and, and, and the, they asked like twice. And the fact that they asked a second time meant I probably should have submitted something because it might've went through, but um, you know, anyways, so that I, yeah. I think that's important. Um, the, the, the biggest thing I want to point out for missed opportunities. So this is, this is, and then you can talk as much as you want about your ideas here. The biggest thing I want to point out is when it comes to situations like you had where, you know, it was definitely a missed opportunity. I mean, clearly they were interested in it, right. Cause they ended up going in another direction with it. Um, I think that what's super important about that is, um, that, that we learn from it, right? That we, mm-hmm. that we say like, okay, I missed this opportunity asking ourselves why. And sometimes it's, it's easy, right? Sometimes it's easy to say, well, I should have worked on it more, but instead I had some other priorities, but sometimes like we missed it because we didn't predict it. Right. Or we missed it because we had the wrong idea or, you know, um, you know, put the wrong effort into it. And, and I think that we just need to learn from that. 
so that we don't keep making the same missed opportunities, right? So that we, you know, we missed an opportunity this time because next time we're going to be watching for it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, uh, I have two more and this is these are all PAX Unplugged ones. Because uh, for Pax Unplugged, I had, I think, about three pitches that I uh, set up before the con. Mm-hmm. But I had this thing in mind where I said, you know, people are just getting back into doing conventions. And, and Pax Unplugged is usually a fairly relaxed convention and you know, at the end of the year. Um, so I said, maybe I'll just go out and try to find some opportunity to get some more pitches. Just mm-hmm. go to publishers that I may be interested in pitching. Um, and that actually worked really well. I think I got maybe four extra pitches out of that. Um, and that was great, right? I found some opportunity there. Um, however, one of them, well, two of them, different ones, um, I pitched the games and, mm-hmm. and there was some interest. And and they said, you know, if you have a TTS version, and I said, yeah, I do, but uh, I you know, if, if there's an opportunity for me to let's play, play it at some point in the convention, let's do it because obviously that's a better way to do it. And they said, yeah, m- maybe tomorrow I'll give you a call. Give me your number. And usually that kind of thing never works out. Um, and, and the next day I was actually in the unpub room. I was, I was actually playing testing the game that I had pitched and I missed the call. Uh <laughs> So they called me to play the game, and I did not see that call. I, it was actually a text, not a call. Um, you know, because you're so engaged in doing other stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I saw it like five, five hours later. So it was such a missed opportunity, especially because with this publisher, I, I approached them about pitching games that um, during the convention. So it definitely left a bad t- taste in my mouth, kind of, and probably theirs because mm-hmm. this guy is just kind of. Uh, you know, not as 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 uh, you know prepared as he might look and stuff like right. that, or or so that was definitely something that you know I, I it, it still hurts me kind of thinking about it. And then another one, which is uh, another publisher that I I pitched a couple games and there were some interests in in some of them. They were walking by the unpub room and I saw them and I said, "Hey, do you have some time to to play one of the games that you were interested in?" And he said, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll walk around uh, if you can get this one out. And you know me. I have my board game tables bag with all my prototypes in there. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. had maybe like 15, 16, I don't know, 18 prototypes. And I had a big bag in my hotel room or my Airbnb with more prototypes that I said, maybe those weren't, you know, I'll just leave them. And I left the prototype <laughs> that they wanted to test at oh, the no. Airbnb. So that those two things happened basically mm-hmm. like on the same day. So it was very sucky to think, but to your point, it is definitely a learning experience for me there. Right. I mean, but at the same time, something more to learn here is that you can't prepare for everything uh, when it comes to this stuff. Uh, like, um, at least for the for the one where I didn't have the prototype, what's the alternative? Should I bring all my prototypes with me on that big bag and, when and you're break gonna my pitch back? Them, probably. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I had I had like my my uh, portfolio sell sheets and stuff, and and I have so many that it's just you know I I need some time to prepare if there. Yeah. But I kind of ask, you. right? I get you. I put myself in that situation through trying to find opportunity. I right, miss right. opportunity. You, so. You, Go ahead. No, go ahead. 
I was gonna no, change no, the you subject. Have something okay. to say. Oh, you know, don't change the subject. Well, it was about missed was... opportunities. You you made me think of another. Okay, way okay, you... yeah, but just I just want you all to to know that uh, these things can still happen, and don't let it hang on you too much. Of course, that's not what I'm doing, but uh, I definitely at one point I'm definitely gonna be more relaxed about it. And I'll definitely, hopefully, didn't leave a bad impression on on any of those publishers, and I'll have some more opportunity. Uh, later on, but uh, uh, you can't really prepare for everything sometimes. So, um, yeah, take it away. And so this is the last one. I, I thought of one. You were talking about conventions, and so here's something that I've done before, and you're going to just shake your head at this, but um, I've done this <laughs> multiple times where um, I'm at a convention and I I check out, I talk to a couple of publishers who might be interested in seeing a game. They're like, oh, I'll stop by later, you know, and if you can, and okay, like, oh, okay, yeah, I will, and. Or somebody says, oh, you should go talk to this publisher. And then I talk to another publisher first to show them the game. They show interest. And then I just don't do the other meeting. Now, to be clear, it's not that I have a meeting set up and I don't show up to it. I would never do that. Never. Um, But like where it's like, hey, you should go talk to this person at this company, uh, like at Grand Con or something, where it's like, you know, you can get a pitch, right? Like anyone will take a pitch at Grand Con because they got time, right? So they're like, oh, you should definitely show this person. And then I was like, no, I just I'm just not going to because this other company is interested. Um, And you know what happens most of the time as a game designer, that company doesn't end up picking up your game. Um, So show other people like show other people your game. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so that is in that, you know, there's this I, I always felt disingenuous in the beginning, like showing my games to multiple companies. Um. And that is a that is a um, a naive thing that you need yeah. to get over really quickly, because and this is why because that game company is looking at a lot more games than you're showing different companies your one mm-hmm. game or your number of games, so don't feel bad about that. Most publishers will not care if you give your game to someone else, um, yeah. and if they as, do, as care, long as you're upfront about it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I now will generally say, hey, I'm showing this game to some other publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, I once sold a game because I said that. Um, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if a publisher says you're not allowed to show it to other people, like I don't, I don't know that that's that seems yeah. like a red flag to me. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's like, hey, if you don't want me to show it to other people, then like give me a reason not to, right? Of because course. yeah, yeah. Hey, they gotta um, respect your your time as well. Um, are you now, gonna show this to publishers? We're not comfortable with that. Are you gonna look at any other games? Because I'm not super comfortable with that. Um, <laughs> goes both yeah, ways. <laughs> I I know we're at the tail end of it, but I do want to mention some other things because there there's there's definitely some other types of opportunity, and and one of them, and we've kind of mentioned them in passing, but there's definitely the stumbling into an opportunity. And <laughs> yeah. of course that's, that's the, that's the best one because you're, this is all luck, right? It just happened and, and you're have you're very happy it did. Uh, so those are, we may not have any control over them, but mm-hmm. we should always appreciate them when they happen for sure. Um, and, and, and then some, another one would be giving opportunity, right? 
um mm-hmm. because at this point we i know you you're doing this with uh, you know just the the co-host mentees and all that that's a great thing that that has been going on and 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 glad that you did it as well and i know that they're glad that that it happened and it's, it's keeping on going with you know fernando as well um mm-hmm. but you know I, you know at least for me it's one thing that really cool that happened was that i, I was contacted by this local school here in nashville about the student that's they do internships with different companies and stuff. And this student mm-hmm. wanted to do specifically into game design, board game design. And they contacted me about doing an internship for this uh, student. And and I, I'm like, you know, this is obviously going to take time uh, to, mm-hmm. to mentor this uh, student and, and do an internship with work to give them and stuff like that. And But, but I thought it was just going to be a good opportunity, especially to have, you know, help them learn about this industry, especially set expectations and stuff like Mm -hmm. that so so that's definitely always if if i and i know a lot of people have given me opportunity as well uh throughout this whole thing you know including yourself right you know i said you know i found opportunity with you but you gave me opportunity to at least have a voice here and and i really appreciate that um so if you ever have the opportunity to give some opportunity uh do it because i know those people will really appreciate it and and they'll pay it forward and, and even more than that yeah, no, thanks. And I, I do, I think that's super important. You know, if, if you're in a position to help create opportunities for other people do that, why not? You know, I mean, um, when one of us wins, we all win. I mean, that's, that's the point, right? Um, so because we're all really in this together, we're all just trying to succeed at this thing. That's, that's not easy to succeed at, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, no, I, yes. If you have the ability to create opportunities for people, please do that. Um, that's so, so important. So, yeah. So are you ready for me to pitch a game? Sure. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So this is, this is a new one here. So these two games right now, I'm not going to pitch two games. I'm going to give you to choose. I'm going to give you uh, words that describe these games and you're going to pick which one I should pitch. Okay. All right. Both of these games were actually designed or have been in the process of designing in January, 2022. So, well, you know, I, I mean, be, me being, I don't have enough time, but I've already kind of designed two games this month. Um, so th- these are the two things that describe these two games. One of them is it has a lot about engaging with probability. That's the phrase there. Okay. The second one is about color logic. So which one do you want? Wow. Wow. So what, what's funny is that no matter what I pick, there'll be annoyed builders. Um, I, uh, I'm interested in, ge- in engaging with probability. So. Okay. So this one I designed while I was in Puerto Rico. And I shared something on Twitter. It's called Card Game, Card Game. Um, and this game spawned out of this card game that is played while you're in the car. Um, in Puerto Rico, there's a lot of winding roads, mm-hmm. uh, narrow winding roads. And... I don't know if you this happens to you, but sometimes when you're on the phone throughout Winding Rose, you can get really sick. And that right, definitely right. happened when yep. I was a kid with my Game Boy and stuff like that. So you would play this game, the car game, where you would pick a color car. And every time that car passes, you know, as in on the other lane passes by, you get a point. Um, so we played that a couple of times with my nieces and nephews. And... 
you know, then as a, from this point of view of the designer, I was like, there's definitely something here, obviously with car colors specifically, there's, there's, there's always a way to win, right? If you pick like the white car, that, that person's right. always going to win. Right. Because there's so many more white cars than there are uh, other colors. So based on that, you know, you're, that's where I came up with the whole probability thing and engaging with it. Mm-hmm. Be- so in this game, essentially, it's a 54 card game. I don't do a lot of those, but this one, I, I'm really happy with how it came up. Uh, so in this one, you have eight cards that represent eight different colors that go white, gray, black, uh, red, green, blue, yellow, and pink. So you can see there that they go from the most probable that come up. So if you search, Mm -hmm. you know, the popularity of card colors, that's kind of how it is. So white is the most popular. And of course, pink is one of the least popular purple Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, So these colors all have a different point value. Ah, So that's what I made different there, right? So the white cars have one, the grays are twos, blacks three, uh, then four, five, um, six, and then the yellows are tens and pinks are 20. And the last 46 cards of that 54 card deck are just like a little dashboard. And then cars on that dashboard come in. Nice. So what you do is you play three rounds where you shuffle the deck and everybody pick, you know, starting with the youngest player for the first round at least, you pick a color or a card, car, and that's the one that you're going to be scoring that round. Um, and then you shuffle the deck and you reveal cars. Now you reveal 10 cards out of Mm -hmm. those 46. And as they are revealed, you start gaining points. If your card color comes up, once you have points, however, you can start betting points. So let's say, you know, I have three points because I picked the black car and one already come up. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I can say, okay, I'm going to bet two points that the next car is going to be white. And if it is, then you get two points. If not, you lose them. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the whole game. Mm-hmm. You play ten cars, and then you what? Once that you know, and and here's the thing: you keep points in your mind, which is not very common. But is actually in this one, point values are really low, and that's the only thing you have to think about. And that's how you play it in the car. Um, so you you essentially shuffle the deck back, you put the the cars back in, and whoever pick the most valuable car so the least probable to come up gets to pick a new car color okay so and of course you're shuffling the deck so that changes the probability to to the beginning it's the same thing yep but people okay oh red came up a lot last turn so (laughs) that but but it is so funny because it it is kind of sometimes like that and 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 uh, and you do that for three rounds, and whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins. But the the tension on it is so good because bet, it is yeah. you're kind of like waiting for that card to come up that you're wanting, and sometimes when it happens, and when you of course when you're like, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be gray, and and I bet all my points, and and then you double your points because it came right. out gray. Right. It is so good. Now, going back to the original thing that I said, engaging probability, is that this game can be played in the car. You're using the cars that are coming up on in, in the car as, you, as it's okay. driving. Yeah. You just pick the values of the cars and you have it, and that's how you play the game. So you're playing the same game without the deck. You're playing it in your that's car. That's cool. Very cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. 
Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I play tested it. It's it's the kind of game that we play tested. We played five, six times in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I probably play tested at this point like thirty times. Um. So so I, I'm definitely very excited about it. I've already pitched it to a publisher, and and there's some interest. I already made a video and everything. So nice. I, hey, that's that's one of those that uh, that came together quickly. So we'll right. see what happens. That's great, man. That is great. That sounds like now, a fun course, one, though. Yeah. Is, is there any feedback from you on it? Is there any questions? I mean, the I I I shudder at the keeping track in your mind of the points that that sticks in my craw because uh, I have kids who play games. And no matter how many, I had five points. No, you had two points. No, I had seven points. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's my. That's the only thing that like other than that. It, it makes total sense that though that makes me a little trepidatious. I think if I had that game, I would make people write down their points on like dry erase boards or something <laughs> and they could hide them so that no one else could see it until they wanted you to. Uh, but I would make them have that. Yeah. It is. It is the kind of thing that, Hey, maybe you should, you should play it and see how that turns up again. I already have a print in place. So nice. you're welcome to nice. do that. But it is actually, cause I was definitely, uh, you know, not too happy about it either, but you know, limiting to a 54 card game, and of course, I it had, was already kind of proven with playing the game in the car, right? You can mm-hmm. you're basically just keeping track of what you have in front of you and, and your points, and it's it's really not a lot of information. And I play tested it with my niece that's six years old, and she was able to do that. And you can even help them as long as they agree and not fight you on how many points they <laughs> have. So that and that may be different with your kids, so but yeah, it's right, uh, right. Yeah, a, Definitely something I thought about, but we'll see where, where it lands. And that was card game, the card game. Sorry, something you said, I just made a note. Something you said, I wrote value-based distance because something you said, there's another design that I'm working on and uh, and that just made me think of something. So I wrote that down. There um, you go. Yeah, I'm always so. here to help, Jason. <laughs> All right. And it's funny because the thing is totally unrelated, but I don't know. Something you said about the probability just made me think about, oh, yeah. So perfect. All right. Well, <laughs> so, hey. So the, the other one, the other one, Color Logic, I'll leave that for the next episode. It's actually one that I've been designing this week. So hopefully I'll have a prototype and perfect. test it by the next time. Perfect. All right. Well, hey, everybody. I hope you liked our show today. I hope you like to learn about opportunities and how to find uh, and uh, create and lose or, or, you know, miss, miss. So, <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed that. If you want to get in touch with, us, of course, go to building Hey, while you're there, check out our discord channel. Our discord channel has like super leveled up. Um, thanks to Heather Newton, uh, a friend of the show, uh, who's been on before. She helped me, uh, create some new fancy stuff in our discord server. And it's getting better and I'm really happy about it. So, um, and we're going to keep improving that. So please check it out. Um, also, of course, you can call us at 770-TELL-BTG, email us at buildingapodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on the Twitter at PodcastBTG, at J.A. Slingerland, at Hu Nasaru. Uh, and you can always come back every single week like we do because we're always here. So please do that. But until next time, buenas noches. Good night. Building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770-TELL-BTG. Please don't use the email.